Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Matthew, it's been quite a week, quite a summer. Summer's coming to an end. Wow. Just like that. I mean, my kids start school next week, which is both amazing and scary because it yeah summer went by in a, wow. in a flash why is it scary man what's 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 scary about that time flies by too fast wow. pretty soon they'll be out of the house and i won't have kids screaming in my ear anymore and that wow. just brings me tears mm. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of joy and a little, a little tear, bit of tears okay. of joy and tears sure. of sadness sure, for sure. sure but sure. but anyway now i mean they're starting school next week which is good we like wow. school season it, it's a good rhythm my kids like the rhythm in the summer, you got to come up with all these things you you know the kids have to do, and so um, it is. Uh, it's good. It's, it'll be a good break for us, change pace, and get back into kind of the yeah you know, the school year rhythm. So Routine. yeah, that's yeah. Good. I mean, your summer's is over. What is what is what does the next month look like for you? Yeah, you know, fairly similar. Working uh, has its benefits um, for consistency, certainly. So not much sure. is changing. Still wedding planning. Got a lot going on with that. Uh, That's hopefully, good. It's not <laughs> over until it's over. Man. Yeah, the day before is what I hear, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, we're enjoying that. It's been good. Learning a lot about communication. Um, so yeah, just really lasering out those details in the next, next couple months. So Good. Yeah, it's been Very good, exciting. Very excited. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm Zach Albany. So I'm a certified financial planner. I've been with Richard Young Associates for two and a half years and in the industry for almost four. Wow. Yeah, and I'm Matthew Travis. I'm also a certified financial planner and have been working here at the firm for a couple of years and been with Zach um, Yeah, for, for that time. It's been fun. It's been good. Yeah, and we're excited to have you listen to our show, our weekly show today. Uh, we're exclusively um, up every week and up on Friday afternoon. So you can find our show up on our website through moneymd.net or iTunes every Friday or whatever podcast service you use uh, and listen to us anywhere around the world. And so also we encourage you to check out our website at moneymd.net where you can link to us to ask us your questions <clears throat> and link to our previous shows, which we encourage you to do uh, just because there's a, a, a wealth of good information that we talk about and, and dive uh, dive deep into yeah. And so we got a good show this week. Um, yeah. What do we got? Yeah. So we're going to be talking first about inflation. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's an interesting article. And we'll be looking at, I, I, you know, I assume where we've been and, and where we're heading and uh, what all that looks like. I know if you are a person who buys things, you have experienced inflation. And so just learning about that. And then the second article. The person who buys things. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, just if you know, if you're you know a human being and yeah. you have expenses, you've experienced that that cost increase. Um, yeah. And then also we'll look at you know kind of with that in the second article, looking at living paycheck to paycheck. And this may or may not be you, um, but certainly there are people that um, you either know directly or know of people who uh, may struggle with this. So it's a really good article from Ramsey looking at yeah. um, how to stop living paycheck to paycheck, or at least how to understand what that looks like and how to move on from there. Yeah. And we have our, you know, to start us off, we have our financial fact, which has to do with living paycheck to paycheck. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and so, so that fact is, um, and this is, it's stayed fairly consistent um, over the last couple of years to my knowledge, but it's about 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So we'll be talking about this more in depth, but you know, all that to say, and I'll, I'll let you speak more to this in just a minute, but um, it's, it's, 
it is more common than you think, and it's not necessarily dependent on your income. Hmm. And so we see this with people who um, make a large income, and they still struggle to understand um, how do you how do you live on what you make, or how do you live on less than what you make so you can save some. So this is a good question. It's a, it's a good fact that leads to a good question of okay, if you're in this boat or you know someone who is, what do we do about that? Yeah, and I know you know I, I'm I'm withholding my questions because I know we'll get into it a little bit more, but. Yeah. Like maybe I'll say, ask this first question: Is what does it mean to live paycheck to paycheck, or or you use your judgment, Matthew? Since it's your article, do you yeah. think we'll get into that question better for the article, or can I ask that now? We will, and that's a good question. We'll get into it more, but I mean, essentially, living paycheck to paycheck is you have, um, you know, you get paid every other week. Uh, you get paid on, let's say, Friday. Uh, money comes into your bank account on Friday, and by the following Wednesday, or name the date it's already spent. Either if it's not spent out of your bank account, but there's a name to it, uh, maybe it's a, a credit card or a car payment sure. or uh, rent. or it, it is spent and you have nothing left over um, for the remaining two weeks that you can spend on discretionary spending. So, that, so would you say having an emergency fund is, is one way to avoid that? Because yeah. you're, you're, you're putting that money aside. That, that's, that is looking at a, a point in time, right? So it's a Got balance it. sheet versus an income. So it's looking at... Yes, you can avoid the stress that comes from living paycheck to paycheck with an emergency fund. And that'll be a piece of it. But sure. it's also, all right, how do we reduce expenses or increase income at that same time? So yes, a piece yeah. of it, but not the full. Okay, well, let's, full let's. you know, yeah. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves yeah, here. No, but great that's, question. That's good. I'm excited to dig into that one. But the first article we're going to look at today, it has to do with inflation. This is by Kiplinger. And the title is really just, what is inflation? And I think, you know, Matthew, we've been hearing about inflation for a while now. Um, and really, it's probably been the single biggest factor roiling the financial markets over the past two years. But sometimes it's good to stop and think and ask, what even is inflation? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, what causes it and, and why does it matter? And so let's start with the basics, right? Inflation, I think most people know, know this because you feel it if you're a person who spends money, <laughs> okay. like Matthew said. Uh, <laughs> inflation is an increase in the general price level of goods and services. In other words, inflation means rising prices. And we yeah. all feel, felt that, right? Um, if you paid $4, let's say, for you know a cheeseburger last year, and you're paying $4.50 today, you're experiencing inflation. Yeah, I'll give you a very practical uh, illustration. Cheeseburgers are practical. So. That is... <laughs> well, I just experienced this last week. So okay. at Waffle House, uh, there's a, a very common um, breakfast menu item. And it was, it was $7.50. I mean, this was like a year ago. And now it's, yeah. it's $9. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like a lot, a dollar fifty, but I mean you look at the percentage on that, it's pretty substantial. What is it? Uh, you know. <laughs> What's the percentage of that? Yeah, I'm dollar fifty cents. percent. I don't know. In my head, I don't know. Yeah, maybe something. It's but it, it's it's it is substantial and we're seeing it's this close. on on a lot of different uh aspects yeah. of our lives. So Yeah, right. You you definitely do feel it. So whether it's a cheeseburger, whether it's a breakfast item, very <laughs> discreet <laughs> on your breakfast choices at Waffle House. But uh Yes, inflation is is in in its simplest form an increase in prices. Yeah, so that's right. And of course, there's different ways to measure this inflation. The most common is uh, it's called the the consumer price index CPI, uh, and this tracks the price of a basket of common goods and services bought by the average American. Included in that could be Waffle House prices, uh, and it's published by the U.S. Government Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, the CPI can be further broken down into core CPI, which would exclude items such as food and energy. 
Uh, these prices, food and energy prices, tend to have wild swings. So removing them from the equation, uh, it can allow us to have uh, a better understanding of how inflation is trending over time. That's right. Yeah. And the Federal Reserve, which is as part of its mandate, you know, it's, it's charged with keeping prices stable and inflation under control. And it uses a slightly different metric than, than CPI or core CPI. It uses PCE, which is personal consumption expenditure uh, price index. And so the two metrics can deviate slightly due mostly to small differences in how housing and medical care are accounted for. But for our purposes, really, they tell the same same story. So, you know, we got CPI, we got core CPI, we got PCE. Mm. And I think if you know these three, you're really off to a good start when it comes to understanding inflation. But let's say you already knew that. So let's let's dig deeper. What causes inflation, Matthew? Wow, it's a big question, right? Yep. And this topic has um, has perplexed economists for a long time. There's no single answer that explains what causes these price increases at all times. Uh, but we can say that most inflation, most of the time, comes from one of two drivers, and it's the demand pull inflation and cost push inflation. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. explain this now. Yep. Uh, so when consumers have a lot of cash to throw around and an inclination to spend it, demand rises faster than supply, and prices increase. Yeah. All right. So you have a lot of free cash flow. You can spend it. Demand increases. Supply, um, you know, stays the same or doesn't increase as fast. This is demand pool inflation, and this is what the Fed attempts to control by managing the interest rates. That's right. And this is what we've seen a lot recently. Yeah, this is with, very pertinent. Yeah. This is what we've experienced. That's right. So when the Fed wants to lower demand, they raise these interest rates, making borrowing more. Uh, borrowing and spending more expensive. When they want to increase demand, they lower interest rates to make borrowing and spending cheaper. And we see this very practically in how in housing interest rates. So like this is what it flows down to. But if you have a higher interest rate on your house, you have less cash to spend. Mm -hmm. And so this would you know be a, a metric that the Fed can use to increase or decrease spending. That's right. Yeah. And the other one that you mentioned, cost push inflation, is what you get due to shortages. You know, as an example. Think about the war in Ukraine, right? The Russian invasion took a lot of Ukraine grain exports off the market. This disruption in supply caused grain prices to soar. Or if you want to go further back in time, think of the you know, organization of the petroleum exporting countries, OPEC, oil embargo in the 1970s. When OPEC curtailed oil exports to the West, the price of energy exploded higher. It's it's all supply and demand, right? right. We, we, we know those two words, supply and demand. Really, inflation comes down to it. Right. So today, when you mentioned that uh, demand pull inflation, Matthew, you know we have a mixture of that today. We have both demand pull and cost push inflation, high demand and high disposable income flowing um, out of the pandemic. Right. You know, along with two years of aggressive stimulus by the Fed, pushed inflation higher. But so did the supply chain disruptions and a general labor shortage due to COVID. And so all these factors have worked together to push inflation to its highest levels in decades. Yeah. And so another, another question that's really good is, okay, uh, you know, Zach, why does inflation matter? Why, yeah. why is this, why is this important? And so if you're over 50, um, this, this needs a little explanation. Honestly, right. if you're, I mean, if you're, again, if you're just in the process of living as an adult you've seen this mm -hmm. um back in the 60s and 70s if you lived through that there was there was rampant inflation uh and and that wasn't particularly easy um this is true for pensioners uh, living on a fixed income or for lower income americans uh, when costs for basic necessities rise faster than your income your quality of life it can suffer 
uh, or you know, you you certainly feel the effects more. Sure. We should say. Yeah. Uh, it also matters for higher income Americans because inflation has real impact on investment returns. Inflation can destroy the value of cash and fixed income investments um, that that we see in the marketplace. Uh, especially longer duration bonds. This is right. getting more detailed, but yeah. the longer the duration, the more affected they are by rising interest rates. Yep. Uh, the impact of um, inflation on stocks is harder to generalize because some companies have an easier time than others in, in passing this inflation on to their customers. But for other companies, inflation raises their costs and can erode their profits. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it affects a lot. And, um, you know, it, it's really understanding the expectations of inflation when it's rising. And how do you how do you react to that as a consumer and as an investor if you're invested in the markets? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you asked the kind of the last question on your mind probably as well. OK, I know what inflation is now. How can I protect myself against it? And it's really the most important question as we we, we tackle this this bigger question of what is inflation. And really, you know, I think especially in a high interest rate environment, one of the best things you can do is is stay invested. Even if you're more conservative and you're investing in things like money market funds, which are right now yielding over 5%, right? It doesn't, it doesn't beat, well, it currently beats inflation. It doesn't beat what happened last year, but you're staying in a place that's essentially not cash, right? right. You don't want right. to be in cash. Cash is the worst place to be in high inflation because that's not earning anything. Right. And the stock market too is actually a pretty good hedge against inflation. If you're diversified, right? If you're, in, if you're allocated correctly, because if you think about it, if companies have to charge more because they have to, the parts they are paying for cost more, they're going to charge more. They're going to try and keep their profits at least consistent. So it's a great place to be in diversified portfolio during a season inflation. Sure, it can be rocky. There's some volatility. But over time, it stock market has proved to be a good inflation hedge uh, over the long, uh, long haul. And then when it comes to your personal life, you know, it really comes down to keeping costs under control. You, know, you can't control the price uh, at the grocery store. You need the groceries, you need the food you want, but you can control what you choose to buy. And, and so just being smart, taking a step back and thinking um, what you really need in order to not get beaten down by inflation. So yeah. um, anyway, I think it was a good article just to kind of pull back and ask that question of what is inflation. Um, so that, yeah, that was from Kiplinger. And that leads us to the question of the week. Yeah, and this is this is slightly related. I'm going to ask this and, and let you answer it. But you know, this is this is asking basically... If if interest rates are so high on you know money markets and high yield savings accounts, why would you not or or should you uh, pull out a four hundred one k loan and basically invest that in a fixed income product? And so th this was a, this is a real question from yep. from a client, and, and they had they had a question on that. And so yeah, we can we can discuss that you know now as, as far as as far as what to do. Yeah, and so you know you have to ask the question what what's the rate of the loan, right, right on your 401k. Right. Um, it's also, I mean, any debt is just not a good practice. Sure, you can, you know, there's things like mortgages and there's even thresholds for that that are considered good debt. But to buy, to take out a loan on your 401k to, to buy a consumer product or whatever you're planning to do with it or even invest it, you know, it's not, it's not just simply a mathematical game. There's mm -hmm. emotion tied to it as well. And so, while making a, you know, taking a loan, if you need, if you're in a pinch and you absolutely need something, yep. yeah, you know, we, we all, we all go through that, but to try and be savvy and, and put money in the market and take a loan out of your 401k in order to do that, you're just, you're, you're kind of asking for more damage to be done, um, than, than a benefit that you'll receive. 
Yeah, that's right. And and you know, we like you said, Zach, we we would not recommend this just plain right. and simple. We would say, hey, have cash outside of your retirement plan right. that is for emergency funds. Yep. Um, that is not going to affect your retirement. If you pull that money out of your 401k, it's not invested in the markets. If you shouldn't be invested in the markets, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, so yeah, definitely try not to mix these two of you know a loan, debt, and savings. Uh, we would say if, if it's an emergency, certainly you, there is an option for that, but yeah. let, let's try not to combine those. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is a question too. Certain people have have different situations. It really comes down to a individual, you know, advisor it's client yep. planning question. question. Yep. But in general, I think we'd say, yeah, you know, stay away from that. Put taking that more debt is not it's not worth it. Um, but it's a good question because I think a lot of people have that question. So yeah, that's good. Good. And, yeah, and if you if you have a question, you know, listeners, just you know, obviously, please feel free to reach out to us. We do like to share those on the air and and walk through that. Yeah, absolutely. What we got, Matthew? We got our second topic, paychecks, right? Yeah, and man, this is from Ramsey, and and this is talking about how to live, how to stop living paycheck to paycheck. And again, this this may or may not be you, and if it is, if it is you, um, we would encourage you to be honest and to not feel shame around this. Um, we know that money is kind of a taboo topic, but find someone you trust, or honestly, reach out to us, and we can. Uh, we we desire we desire to serve people well and to validate people as humans, and not to view them just as how much money they have in their bank account. So that's right. You know, don't feel ashamed if you are in this camp. Um, again, the stat is, you know, 78% of Americans feel like they live paycheck to paycheck. Um, but this article is really saying, hey, you don't have to be stuck. You you can break the cycle. And, and we're really going to try and show you some practical steps of how to stop living paycheck to paycheck. Now, like you said, Zach, just a minute ago, this is a very, uh, it's a very personal. And there may be, maybe you have health, you know, complications, and that has caused you to have a lot of debts. So we're not saying this will fix the situation that you're in, but it's really saying, um, you know, the, these are these are some good um, steps, if you will, for the majority of people. Yeah. So I think the first step here is what people are probably expecting, and it's to get on a budget. And a budget is one of the best ways to allocate your money. Right. It it, it tells you where to spend your paycheck essentially yeah and it says you have these maximum maximums for each category whether it be groceries or clothing or you know your rent or mortgage and you stay within that limit and that makes sure that a you're not overspending going into debt and b it makes sure that you are um putting enough toward things like like your emergency fund that we mentioned earlier you're you're trying to escape the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle, not quickly, but slowly over time. And I think that is one of the best things about a budget is Mm -hmm. not what it helps you do in that month, but say three years from now, you're going to have, you're not going to be living paycheck to paycheck. You'll actually be living on a paycheck that's helping you fund four months from now. Mm -hmm. That is the cool part about a budget. Um, So step one, get on a budget. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people would not, uh, they would not argue with that, but they would also say, I don't need a budget. I'm, I'm okay. I'm trying to get out of debt or out of this next place. And I think part of the problem that we see with a lot of people is you would say, all right, well, how much are you spending on eating out? And they would say, well, I don't know. It's not too bad. And it's like, well, that can be a significant issue if you don't know. So yeah. budget really says, well, what am I spending? What do I want to spend? So that's yeah. a great, yep. great first step. And so specifically on the budget, 
you know, the first four, and this is the next step, the first four um, line items should be the necessities. And really, we view that as food, utilities, shelter, and transportation. Top, right. top priority. Those are things you need. Yeah, it's top yeah. priority. It's If you don't have those, you know, there's other... You know, other things we need to address. So these are the f- the first four that you have to, that we think you should have on your budget. Um, after you have these four, make a list of everything else you need to pay in order of importance. By starting with the four walls, uh, you'll know you're keeping your family fed, your lights on, your a roof over your heads, and gas in the car to get to work. Uh, instead of getting to the end of the month and realizing you don't have enough to cover these necessities, so there's those we call them the four walls. Those are the first four things on the budget. Yep. And then uh, number three is also playing off budget is cut extra expensive, uh, uh, extra expenses. So one of the ways you know you have extra expenses is by having a good budget, right? Yeah. Like you just said, you know, you don't, you might not think you're spending a certain amount on a, um, <clears throat> a category like eating out or streaming services or one of the many things that slip through the, you know, the, the credit card statement or the checking account statement right. is, um, Oh, I didn't realize I was paying for that. I've been paying for that for three years. I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you have a budget, though, it you're aware of where your money's going, and so you're able to cut out your extra expenses. Um, so I think that's yeah, that's an that's a that's a great tip to stop living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and on that, you know, so I'm I don't know about you, Zach. Are you creative or are you pretty analytical? And like, can you are you a visionary? I'm both, baby. I know. Yeah, you are. I'm both. <laughs> Yeah. Just want to brag on you a little yeah. bit to the audience. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. all right. So you can both you can both analyze a current situation and kind of dream and be creative about, hey, what could this look like? Yeah. And and I think that that is so so I am more analytical, meaning I'm not super creative. And, I mean, and so so with I think you're a little creative. Come on. You think? Don't sell yourself too short. Oh man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so but with with the more analytical mind, like try to have some creativity in, in your budget. And if you're not creative, if you're just like, I just don't know what to cut or I don't know how this could look, ask someone who is. And so an example is instead of eating out, maybe you meal prep and maybe you, you yep. know, get creative and you say, hey, how cheap can I make meals this week? And I'm going to try to make them for $3 a meal and I need, I eat a lot. I need 21 meals this week, right? So yep. that that is a way to save money. And so so thinking outside of the box and saying, man, I'm trying to cut my expenses as much as possible, like be creative in that, or ask someone who is to say, I mean, how can I, how can I cut expenses on driving to work? You know, or something simple and, and really mm-hmm. exploring that it can be, it can be fun. Yeah. And a bonus, um, a bonus to the meal prep thing is, is saving money, but it's also, um, knowing what that you're eating healthily. Oh yeah. You know, I think For when sure. you, when you make your own food, you know what is in there. Even when you go to a restaurant, even if you go to a restaurant, have something healthy. Yeah. Like Waffle the, House. Like Waffle House is one of the healthiest places you can go. Uh, you don't know. I mean, they put, they want it to taste good. They don't really care about um, your, cholesterol. your cholesterol or, you know, what other, how much sugar or how much fats are in it. They they want you to come back. just come back because it tastes excellent. Where, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're meal prepping, you know, me and my wife just did this. We made burrito bowls mm. and they were, del- they were they were they were super delicious mm-hmm. but it's like we knew what we were eating in that meal and uh, i prepped it out for a week and it was great and uh it takes it does take time but that's another way not just to save money but to make sure you you, you know you're eating yeah um, that's right so it's a life tip it is yeah and the, so number four on this li- stop living paycheck to paycheck is what we talked about earlier is the emergency fund and so um you know if you're living paycheck to paycheck chances are you're going to run into a situation 
where your HVAC has broken, something in the house has has gone wrong, and you need a way to fix it. And that's why an emergency fund is so essential. So it doesn't it doesn't hinder your day to day, your week to week, month to month expenses. You can cover those things and then rebuild it back up yeah, over time right. without feeling the weight of that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, we we say at least a thousand dollars, get that in there, and then three to six months mm-hmm. of expenses. Um, necessary expenses in emergency fund. Um, that's a that's a good tip. Yeah, this next one is to ditch debt. Again, these are not earth shattering tips, but it's they're very good to do if you're in this situation. So to 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 reduce the debt is very good. And so if you are paying off last year's Christmas still in August, then um, you're stuck not being able to save for this coming Christmas, and it's just this revolving door of yeah. debt. Um, we see traps like buy now, pay later. Uh, these are increasing. We've even seen the, I've seen this with some, you know, purchases on, um, like, a the DoorDash or, you know, like a, a delivery service that you can, you can buy a Chipotle bowl and yeah, like, you know, four payments. Yeah. Four it's payments like, for $10. Yeah. And seriously. And it's just like, man, like if we are at that point, we really need to consider, okay, what are we doing with our finances? Yeah. And so, so trying to reduce the debt, if you can't pay for it now, it means you can't afford it. Getting back to the simple of, man, let let us really try to live below our means, um, which, by the way, we'll talk about in a minute, is a key to contentment is to say, hey, I have this much. I'm going to be okay with having this much. Yeah. Um, that, that can be very good for your finances, so, so reducing the debt. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you think about debt, think about, and I just came up, kind of thought about this, so if it's wrong, Matthew, please let me know. But, oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about debt, think of the length of the thing you're buying like sometimes, you know, good debt, we think of a uh, degree, you know, uh, or a college a degree. College degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a house, you know, there's 30 years that you, you're, or you'll live in the house long term, whether it's the whole 30 year mortgage or not. Um, a house is a long term thing. When you think about food, <laughs> you eat it, you know, if it's a slow meal within 30 to 45 minutes, and then an hour but like later. a Chipotle burrito, you can knock that thing down oh. in five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, you know, and then you're, yeah, and it's kind of silly, right? Cause it's like $10 burrito, two fifty a month for four months or four payments, I guess it's yeah, two months, sure, sure. but it's, it's silly. But at the same time, the, when you're paying, you'll be paying it off far after it's been consumed. Mm, that's good, man. You know, so you think about debts, obviously no debt is the best, but the things like a house, a college degree, even a car, if, if, if it's need, it be longer term, it's yeah. longer term, you're paying it off and you're using it. Don't do buy now, pay later with with, with consumer products, with food. Because right. right. the utility does not last as long. Mm. That was a little excursus no, I, yeah. for, the, for, the, for the crowd. So <laughs> anyway, uh, the sixth point we have for you know living paycheck to paycheck or stop living paycheck to paycheck is increase your income. And it may sound you know easier said than done, but there's a ton of ways to increase your income these days with like a, the gig economy, things you mentioned DoorDash, but like, yeah, DoorDash, Uber, there's tons of ways, even selling products online mm-hmm. or doing, I know a lot of folks who do sales on eBay and be creative here, you know, making a little extra money, use your, what, what kind of skills do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, your skills are, are valuable and a lot of people are willing to pay for things that you're good at. Um, and it doesn't need to take a ton of your time, ton of your time, but it can help even a little bit of a buffer in your paycheck can really help you break the cycle of being paycheck to paycheck. So increase your income. Yeah, this this next one is to live below your means. Again, 
I mean, we have the privilege of seeing people's situations every day in their finances, and we see people um, give you real-life examples of someone who makes a quarter of a million dollars a year and has more debt um, than you can imagine and is more mm-hmm. stressed than you can imagine. And we have clients who are retired who have uh, a very uh, healthy but modest retirement funds and live on Social Security primarily, and they are, they are actually contributing to their retirement funds because they they simply don't need uh, more money. Yeah, and so it, it is interesting that to live below your means is at every single income category, uh, and it's difficult. But this is this is um, this is very important. It's, it's called contentment where you are. So that that's an important one uh, to live below your means. Yeah, and the next one is to save up for big purchases. Um, you don't need everything you think you need. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Just to say that. Okay. And if you do want, even wanting something is obviously good, right? Yeah. And if you want something and it's expensive, save up for it over time. It is so much more satisfying mm. to save up for something and then make the decision to buy it mm. than think you need everything, buy it, and then end up not using it. Wow. And so many times we've, I've done that. I've saved up for something bigger. And then when it came time, I've saved, I reached the goal. And I'm like, you know, I don't really need that anymore. Mm-hmm. And guess what? A, you have money for your emergency fund or you say, I really, actually, I really did want this other thing. And now, You've got now the money for it. it. Yeah. And so saving for big purchases is just a good discipline because it it teaches you to um, have, whether it's delayed gratification or just saving for a goal makes you value that thing that you're saving for so much more. So save up for big purchases. Yeah, that's good, man. And this last one to summarize um, is really to ask why you're doing this, right? So um, there is there is a Greek word called... Uh, Go ahead. Say no, it. you got it. I, okay. I don't know Greek. He starts smiling. It's uh, <laughs> you don't know Greek. It's telos, and it's really asking what is the goal or what is the purpose or what is the why of this. And so, with with not living paycheck to paycheck, it's not just so we can say, "Cool, we're not living paycheck to paycheck." There is there is a reason why we are doing this, and it's to understand that reason why before we start on the journey. And if you don't yep. know that why, to be honest, there's no point to it because you're going to get there and you're going to be like. I don't know why I did that, but we did it. So it's understand what is the why of your journey to not living paycheck to paycheck. If you can, if you can pinpoint that, that will be the motivation that yep. you need to get to. Yeah, that's the underlying. That's the underlying. Uh, I guess the foundation to all these other things is you. You want to get out of that system for that that greater why. Right? Yeah, that's right, man. So that's good. That's exactly right. So good article. Yes, good article. And that then leads us to our prescription of the week before we close. And the prescription this week, uh, which will help with not living paycheck to paycheck, is uh, automating your finances. So automation is one of the best things you can do to make sure you're not behind on a bill, to make sure your the you know your your payments are going out on time, you're paying off certain, whether it's credit cards or your mortgage payment, you don't have to think about these things. And when you automate your finances, you put almost like half your budget automatically taken care of. And then the remainder, you know, you can you can allocate toward things that, that you want. And it just frees up your time. It frees up your 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 brain space. You don't need to think about these things. Um, you know, things and you can even extend it beyond finances, right? Mm-hmm. You automate uh, I automate at least my coffee maker, right? I automate every nice. morning. Yeah, and coffee's ready for me in the morning. Mm. Um, thermostats, right? Mm-hmm. You set it. You have a schedule. It's cooler at night. 
It's a little warmer during the day. Maybe we're out of the house. So stuff like that. Automation allows us to focus our attention elsewhere mm. and, and not be bogged down by the day-to-day thing. So um, that's prescription automation when, in terms of your finances, but really automation for all of life. So mm. um, yeah, man, that was a good show. Inflation, living paycheck to paycheck. And so this has been this edition of Money MD. You need to tune in next week at moneymd.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. You can check out our website, moneymd.net and send us your questions as Matthew mentioned or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend ahead. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. About a